You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. All right, everybody, I'd like to welcome you here to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton in the studio, or should I say, in the lovely little glass booth here at the first round sports restaurant in downtown Edmonton. Uh, we have Jeff Paulus, better known as JP. JP, how you doing? Very good, D-Dub. We have the king, yes, the team administrator, Andreas Morst, hardest working man in football in FC Edmonton's uh, Technical staff, how you doing? I'm excellent. So happy to be here on a live show, D Dub. I'm yeah, pumped. Yeah, live is very right. This is and exciting. Our, and our first guest, the general manager of FC Edmonton, Jay Ball. Jay, how are you? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. Very good. Glad to glad to have you in here. We're going to be uh, doing a whole pile of stuff over the next few weeks. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, the club itself, the club in the community, how, uh, how we work within the community. We'll talk all about the NASL, of course, uh, and how that uh, works within our club as well. Uh, and, then, and then any other footballing stuff that uh, needs to be talked about, from coaching to, uh, well, you just name it, and uh, we'll, we'll try and talk about it. Yeah? JP, what's your biggest role here in the club? Well, assistant coach with the first team and... Um and then after that, I think my most important role at the club is as the academy director and running that program. It's a good program, too. Yeah. Uh, lots, of, lots of quality players that come from that and ended yeah. up on AFC Edmonton as well. Yeah, it's done very well for itself. We and for the resources that we have and, you know, being a Division II club, uh, to have the number of players come through, I, I think it's important. I think, I think that uh, Division II club has to produce players to an academy. Yeah. And, and, and that happens anywhere in the world. Of course. Division II, three clubs are producing players, trying to sell them on, trying to, to stabilize their own economies by doing that. So that'll be the next stage for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Dre, your, your role within the club there as team administrator, it's, uh, it's a multitude of things isn't it, it is it's, it's a jack of all all things fc edmonton for sure it starts from uh, contract finalization uh, after uh, after the director of soccer operations gets a hold of the agents and rings their necks i get uh, i get to work on the contracts after that get them all registered with the league and fifa and the csa and uh, and uh, really introduce the players to this beautiful city we call home that's my favorite part of the job, showing them how glorious the city of champions really is. And I have to say, I'm going to ask Jay the same question in a minute, but uh, you're like homegrown here, huh? Yeah. Homegrown, yeah. Well, most, yeah. Most people I know are transplants to no, this. No, uh, born and bred. Born and bred. Spent most of my, uh, my formidable years here in Edmonton, yeah. Wow. yeah. Aren't you the longest serving FC employee? Yeah, yeah. Some would say too long, but yeah. Uh, no, yeah, That's I've been here. I've been yeah. here for a very, very long time. It's Tom Fath, and then it's me. I suppose Dave Fath got in there too. But wow. uh, we, yeah. we, have, yeah. we have to thank both those guys for FC Edmonton we, in general. Anyway. Here without yeah. them. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Hopefully, exactly hopefully they're it. listening. And Jay, as GM of the club, uh, your role obviously on the admin side and making sure there's bums and seats and all that sort of stuff. What other stuff are you doing in the, within the within the club? It's strictly front office. Our job is to make sure that, you know, the revenue side is taken care of so that when the players take the field, they can hear the roar of the crowd. Our number one is sponsorship. Number two is tickets. And to make sure that when the fans get in the stadium, they have the great, greatest possible experience. Oh, that's so awesome. it's everything front office. Okay. Very good. Um, so that's giving you a little taste of what uh, you can whoa, expect. Whoa, whoa. What about you, D-Dub? How about oh, you? Right? Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I was, I was just going to slide past that one, yeah. I'm uh, Darren Walshen, better known as D-W. I'm the goalkeeper coach with the, uh, the first team. And uh, I also uh, help to run the goalkeeping program within the academy. 
Academy as well, uh, mostly with the under-18 program, uh, alongside of John Vinci, the uh, goalkeeper coach and uh, equipment manager slash all-around nice he, guy. He, he doesn't need a plug. <laughs> but you're one of the real yeah. reasons why our goals yeah. against he, average is the best in the league. Well, you know, you know. <laughs> I think the keepers have a little bit to do oh, with maybe that some. too. But, uh, um, so, yes, yeah, so you can look forward to uh, being able to ask us questions on Twitter. Um, at the moment, we've got, uh, got it set up on... Uh, JP's got his own Twitter account, which he's firing through. Uh, FC Edmonton's uh, got an account yeah. going as well. Yeah, at FC Edmonton now, you can ask you can ask questions through that venue. And if you're listening to this and you have me on Twitter, then you know my Twitter account already. So use that. So yeah, ask all the animal questions you want. So all the questions will come via Twitter. Uh, so you can send those in, uh, and we'll try and let you know a week in advance who's going to be on, so the Twitter questions can come through, and uh, and we can make sure it gets to you. The, the, the hopeful thought, of course, is uh, we're, we pre-record the show, but it airs uh, on through the website on uh, Fridays is what we're shooting for. So uh, we'll keep you posted, and uh, just keep looking on the website to see uh, Rabbit Radio and all that's involved with it. When we come back, we're going to uh, start the ball rolling with... Mr. J Ball and uh, ask him some questions and find out more about uh, what's going on within the club in the front office. We'll be right back. These are great seats. Dynamic, exciting, professional soccer action. What a great view. A brand new season, a whole new brand of entertainment. Come on, Eddie's. Now's the time to get your FC Edmonton season tickets. Call today at 700-2600 or buy online at fcedmonton.com. Be part of all the fun, thrilling, high-level North American Soccer League action. FC Edmonton at Clark Stadium. Online at fcedmonton.com. My town, my team. And we're back here live at the First Round Sports Restaurant from downtown Edmonton for Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. In studio with JP, Andreas, and Jay Ball, the general manager of the club. Jay, we're going to uh, start things off with you. Sure. And um, we sort of touched a little bit on your role within the club uh, and, and mostly the front office stuff. Um, what can we expect maybe for the fall season? What's coming up in, in regards to the first couple of games? I think the number one thing that we do, we have to focus on is fan engagement. Once you get fans in the stands, so there's two pieces, getting the fans in the stands. But once they're there, it's, all, it's about engaging them there. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've really tried to do, especially the last few games, is try to make fans like they're feel, feel like they're actual part of the game. And that's something that soccer does that almost no other professional sport does. Yeah. If fans feel like they're in the game and they're part of the game, then they're emotionally connected. And it's up to the club to make sure that they stay connected and stay connected to the club throughout the season into next year. So... If you were at the June 12th game, you saw we did some, we, we implemented some fairly big changes, put some flags in the stands, got them yelling and screaming and did some things like that. I, and it was nice and loud and that's good. So we got the formula down and we got some new things we're going to try as well. Um, but the key challenge going forward is making sure that we have um, fans in the stands to yeah. engage, right? Yeah. And that's I, always a, I know in the past we've done a lot of the, the corporate stuff, which is great selling tickets to, to corporate entities. Uh, but oftentimes those tickets don't get released, you know, and, and get used. So, you, you know, uh, there could be games where we've sold 3,000 seats, but only, you know, 1,500, 2,000 show up. And those other 1,000 tickets that are already sold 
just haven't been handed out. I think the fan has to have a personal connection oh. to their purchase, right? Yeah. So if they're given out, if a company buys 500 to 1,000 of them, they, they hand them out to their fans, and those fans really aren't connected to the game or to the sport at all. They actually have a choice whether they go to the game or not. Yeah, for sure. And uh, nine times out of ten, they don't show up. Yeah. And you saw that happen throughout last year, and even the first few games this year, as we kind of got our feet wet and figured mm-hmm. out, you know, um, what's this relationship like with corporations, right? Mm-hmm. And we figured out very quickly that at the end of the day, it's the individual families, it's the individual fans you need to build those relationships with, and and that's what we've done is we've moved away actually from large corporate. Uh, asks and, and ticket purchases mm-hmm. on the on the ticketing side, the corporate discussions that are happening now behind the scenes are more in the sponsorship realm, which is great. I mean, and and, yeah. and, and I have you, you've noticed it on the field, JP, and I'm sure you have too, Dre. When yeah. when when the games are over, the fans actually come onto the pitch and get to mingle with the players. Actually, that makes and a huge difference. That's a huge it? difference. Yeah, for sure. It looks a lot better than we used to have the fans line up kind of on the uh, entry-exit from, from the pitch. Yeah. yeah. And, and not a lot of kids wanted to get into that scrum very, you know, the, the parents kind of just wanted to vamos out of, out of the stadium. Yeah, for sure. But now that you've got them into this yeah. big area on the field, it seems like a lot more people are sticking around and actually taking advantage of it. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. You know what? It solves a problem, and it addresses a huge problem in professional sports these days. If you look at all the big leagues and, and so on, there's something called fan fatigue. So in the spectrum of fans, there's the fans at one end who will follow you to the ends of the earth. Just look at Iceland in the game the other night. Those fans are in the game. They were part of the game. They'll be fans for the rest of their lives. At the very other end of the spectrum, you have fans that are just getting into the sport, just getting into the game. The sweet spot for professional sports at, in all leagues is in the middle. And it's mainly middle-class families who work really hard for their money, who spend good dollars to go to a game and if and the challenge that fans are having right now especially in in, you know in places where there's so many barriers between the fans and the players whether it's glass and boards or big large stadium is the fans are disconnected Mm -hmm. the price points are too high Mm -hmm. so you have to remove the barriers you have to get uh, fans up close and personal to their heroes and their kids and the kids heroes and so on you just got to find a way to make them part of the game Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> that's something that I've had to learn that soccer does really well mm-hmm. right around the world. Well, and I think that, Clark, I mean, we, uh, we've heard a lot of uh, at least opposing teams come in and, and kind of badmouth Clark. Yeah. But when you think about it, that stadium is set up perfect for that kind of fan engagement where the stands are on top of the pitch. There, I mean, and then, Jay, you're responsible for bringing in that uh, bleacher in the end zone there right behind the net. And that, I have to say, it's that fantastic. makes a huge difference uh, having those fans. When it's full. The, when, when it's when full. It's, full sure. it, it, it's loud. Uh, right? of, of course. But yeah. it, it does make a huge difference. Even, you know, at the moment where, where it's, it's, you know, not totally full, it, there's still enough noise being driven from that oh, yeah. that, that, that adds a, a, a greater excitement for the game. And it feels like a, a soccer pitch, right? Yeah. As soon as exactly. you start to close off those ends, people are close. And you're 10 feet off. We put the supporters group 10 feet off the goal line. Yeah. yeah. And when I first pitched to them, I said, in fact, Marcus came to us from the supporters group and said, we want you to put the supporter stands behind the net. I'm like, okay, I'll figure it out. I figured it out. And then he said, well, we may want to go back to the other section. We're not exactly sure. And then the day of the game, he's like, 
we love this. This is great. Yeah, it's a huge so, difference. Yeah, they're yeah. right behind. I felt really so. I felt really bad for that opposing goalie the first game. It's like because they were actually they, you were, know, they were twenty feet from. I him. know, but he loved it. Oh, he yeah. loved it, and uh, and then he got off his game a little bit. Oh, it yeah. almost helped yeah. us. He turned around. Yeah. And he gave was him he was acknowledging the crowd and, and things, right? So his head's yeah. not hundred percent on the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so it gives the supporters group the ability to be in the game, right? Hundred percent. Get them up close and personal. And you're right. Those stands, the angle on the east side, they're high. Yeah, and you're you're at the worst case scenario, maybe midway up, you're 50 feet from the action. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you're exactly. hearing the uh, the bad words and the good words on the pitch. You're feeling the sweat coming off the guys. It's pretty it's pretty tight. Can I tell you what's awesome is at the very end where the tents are and where this where the supporters' seating is. Yeah, is um, you can sit there and you can hear everybody coming in and attacking. You can hear the heads cracking. You can hear them swearing and calling each other on the field. Mm-hmm. You know what we do is we use that area now as for executive suites. So we sell those as premium price tickets. And, w- and we get people, executives come in and say, yeah, and I tell them it's best seat in the house, trust me. There's food in the back. There's a couple beers here. But what you're really <laughs> going to want to hear is a supporters group. You get a great experience, but you're going to be right up and close to to the game. There's no boards in the way. There's no glass in the way. You're not 300 feet away like in a great big stadium. You're up close and and personal, and that's the niche that this club has versus any other pro sport in this city. Yeah, for sure. sure. And and it's an exciting thing for fans to come in, and I don't think I've ever heard um, a a poor comment when people leave the stadium after their, whether it's their first visit or whether it's their 30th visit. There's, There's always a positive reaction to that game was so much fun, you know. I had so much fun going to an FC Edmonton game. So uh, and the guys on the pitch have done their part too. I think at home we really, uh, you know, defend our own home. You know, it's it's uh, it's yeah. very good action on the field, generally speaking, when we're yeah. at home. You so, take away the Minnesota game, and, and it's sure. it's been a great uh, yeah. home spell for us, certainly. Yeah, I would say the biggest change we've made, and the biggest change that will continue on in the fall season is. We're not selling the game; we're selling the experience. Right. If you notice, all of our advertising online, it's it's kids, it's families, right? It's not necessarily just the players, yeah. but it's when people look online. When when you look on marketing collateral, you got to be able to see yourselves as a fan. You got to see yourself in that position, right? Mm-hmm. So we sell the experience, and that's crystal clear. We meet every our office, our team meets every Wednesday to see how we're doing, how we're tracking, yeah. how we're selling that experience. So, well, this is great. Well, one of our, you know, we've gone live. We're trying to go live with Twitter and introduce Twitter into these podcasts a bit, field some questions, and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just just kind of, you know, we, we run out of things sometimes to, to maybe ask, but, but certainly people out there, legitimate questions, good fans, and they want to know what's going on. And one, one comment that's just come in is, number one, you know, has to do, they've said um, how much more professional Clark Stadium looks now. So just the environment, it just it has a has a more professional feel to it. Certainly visually, there's a more professional feel. I think that, like you said, the stands, uh, bringing them right in behind the goal is massive. You know, so that that's been a big change, uh, real positive with the tents and everything. So so that's been identified. And then the question that came in um, was, can the fans expect any other alterations maybe to Clark Stadium or or what else might happen uh, in the stands that just kind of st- continues this growth of. Uh, of the atmosphere, of, of being more professional? So that's a really good question, and it falls into line some discussions we're having with the city right now. So, for example, when we have all those tents that are on the side, I know they've been really popular the last few years, but actually yeah. they, quite, they impede the view of a yeah. lot of people hanging over the fence. That's part of the experience, to hang over the fence and watch oh, the for game, sure. right? And then put those three tents up, the, the area to actually walk to the other end of the stadium is only like 10 feet wide. So we're going to move those tents to the end zone and open that space up. And in that space, actually, we're going to put some barbecues. We're working with the city to actually... 
do instead of hot dogs and hamburgers that are trucked over from Commonwealth, yeah. we're going to actually have them cook hamburgers and hot dogs right there on the side of the fence facing. Nice. And that's that area right there, right in front of the fence to where the merch the trailer is, yeah. that area needs to be a very congested area for us because that's where all the action is going to happen. So uh, we're bringing in um, a couple different things. Playmore Sports is a, is a big sponsor of us. Yeah. They give us a foosball table. We're I've bringing, seen it. We're I've bringing in foosball. that. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> we're bringing in the foosball table at our next game on July 10th. We're a little foosball competition. Yeah. And we're going to put it right in front of the merch tent, right in front of the, uh, the, the tents where you can buy tickets. I mean, that area is the center of attention. So mm-hmm. changes going forward. It's more focused on how can we give fans that really unique experience they can't get anywhere else how can we them, how can we give them better food options because you know wherever you go in stadiums stadium food is stadium food but it doesn't mean it has to be that way so no, you go, of course if you, can, not. if you can take it up a notch for a 20 buck ticket if you can get includes a hot dog and a pop if your hot dog is actually cooked right in front of you that's a that's a uh, that's, that's impressive a right? that's a different that's maker, right? i remember that was yeah. going on in atlanta when atlanta was part of the league uh, um they, they do the barbecue in the end zone yeah. and they'd even have a band before the game and stuff but i mean the one thing i remember was the smell of that barbecue coming oh yeah coming through the yeah. like it, it's not going on during the game really but before the game it was yeah. just like wafting barbecue and you know down south it's, in the states that barbecue yeah. is quality yeah. oh, of course and it it's, just makes you hungry yeah. you know you just it's want a barbecue. sunday afternoon in the summer right it's what yeah, you it's expect perfect. if you're going to stay at home with your family so the biggest competition we have is the couch yeah or the back patio in somebody's house right sure. yeah. so get them out to the park you know, get your kids out, hot dogs, pop, you know, watch a game, you get up close and personal. Other changes are, you know, we're now starting to engage the crowd by throwing stuff into the crowd, giving them things, you know, we engage them that way. And obviously, mm-hmm. as you saw the last game, they, yeah. the crowd was, was lit up when we did that, right? Yeah. So it's just a matter of doing creative things like that. And um, I think we got the formula down. We brought in uh, Corey Laranger, who is our game match game host. He's the guy who does the Eskimo stuff, and he's done stuff in, in for the Oil Kings as well. Uh-huh. He's really great. And walking around with a microphone and a camera and engaging people. We do great halftime uh, contests now. Mm-hmm. There, it's all geared toward the fan. Um, the fan and also the next game as well. It, to be frank, listen, we're in the business of selling tickets. Of so course. if we're going to do an engagement at halftime, it's going to be to win a pair of tickets for yeah. the next game. And he's talking about the next game uh, while he's doing it, right? That's that's all what that's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, the, mer- the con- creating the congestion in front of the barbecue where the merch tent is, you know, there's a sign. Tickets for next game on sale now, right? Yeah, yeah. fantastic. And speaking of merchandise, you, I, I think the apparel is starting to change as well. Uh, obviously, coming in uh, to the head office thing, you've looked at all the uh, marketing of merchandise and the type of merchandise you're bringing in. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there in the apparel department. There's a couple changes coming. There's there was. Uh uh, you know, the, there was a merchandise plan that was already set in place, merchandise department. But the challenge, the the opportunity for FC Edmonton is not to have a merchandise department, but have a merchandise partner. Two distinctly different things. So uh, I can tell you right now, right now I'll announce that Canadian Tire will be will, will be uh, um, will be selling our uh, Under Armour balls, uh, the game balls. In, um, in Canadian Tire in the middle of July. The balls have arrived, so we're just building a display for them. Oh, They've that's been great. fantastic. Canadian Tire has been one of our biggest sponsors, as you know, over the past few years. Mm, yeah. They open up yeah. their, uh, their arms to us and say, what else can we do? You know, they're an organization we want to drive traffic to. That's we're fantastic. Also, we're also working with one other, 
local sports real retailer mm -hmm. to actually have jerseys and other soft goods in, 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 available. That would be sweet. Now, one I, of the, I one can't of the, wait to see the day when we have fans walking around the city wearing our jerseys. You know, you that's see, something. You, you, I mean, I've seen I've seen a couple of people sure, walking around, around and, and, and you start to see it, see it yeah. more and more. Yeah. But you know what? It's, it's part of the brand engagement, right? You have to yeah. give people the ability to go somewhere to get it because if you get it. Uh, online, it's going to take a little while for it to get to you, right? So True enough. go somewhere where they are soccer experts, or they or they say sell other other sports apparel, uh -huh. and you can get a deal when you go there. So we're working on pulling something together here really, really quickly. I'd cool. say in the next five ten days, Fantastic. we've got an announcement on a new yeah. on a new retail sports establishment oh, for carrying our. Yeah. And there's honestly, there's nothing better as uh, a staff member, like the technical staff member or a player. Uh, walking into a sports store and seeing your gear oh, yeah. Yeah. up for sale. Yeah. I mean, talk about pride and talk about a great feeling, even for the players and the staff, to see your product in there. That is just... That, that's for just me, really it's more fantastic. a pub than a store. I love to, <laughs> but, but I get what you're saying, D-Dub. I get where you're taking that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. Hey, listen, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with Jay. More questions for Jay through Twitter. If you're... Uh, Feel uh, so engaged as to uh, get a hold of uh, us, question-wise. You know, I think I'm in need of a little bit of a beverage myself. So, um, more with Jay and Rabbit Radio when we come back. You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. Rabbit Radio back at you live at the uh, first round restaurant. Sports restaurant in downtown Edmonton. We have uh, JP, we have Andreas, we have Jay Ball, and myself, DW, in the mix. And we are still talking with Jay about uh, some of the front office stuff, things that the club is trying to do to enhance fan experiences. And sort of in between uh, the break there, uh, Jay, you were mentioning something about uh, a fan bus coming up. That's right. We're launching a, a region-based fan bus. So we've partnered up with Molson, and there will be a fan bus in the White Ave region. So for the first few games, it's going to be stopping specifically at the Tavern on White, and then it'll be going to a couple different bars along White Ave. The idea is to take the brand to specifically that community and uh, ensure that we get fans out on Sundays to the game from those different communities. It'll make multiple stops. We're going to use our, an, our own FC Ed uh, uh, bus. Awesome. Yeah, and, and get people out. Oh, that's great. JP, is that you did, as the uh, driver? Did you know I used to drive <laughs> yeah, that bus? Did you have class five? They, they were one of JP's uh, first jobs. So, well, I used to. Really? So um, <laughs> when I first started the academy, we would pick up the kids at school, but we had no bus driver. So I would, seriously, <laughs> after first team training, uh, I would go down to the office, I'd grab the bus, and i go pick up all the players for the academy, and i bring them to training, and then i bring the bus back to the office um, at the end of training. Yes. And the first chance I had to let my uh, Class 5 expire, or Class 4, <laughs> whatever it is, I did that. <laughs> so, look, um, look how the club's built yeah, since and, and the days, bus right? has not moved since I did that. <laughs> That's not true. I took a first spin around did the block just to make sure it was still just, functioning. Yeah, that was one sweet ride. Well, yeah, well, that was yeah. decent, yeah. Well, well it's, it's a sweet ride, ride now. I do not have to. I mean, yes, at the time when I took it around the block, I had I feel like Jay is fishing for a driver right now. Do you still have it? Do you have yours still? I need a driver for July 10th. Well, that's good. I think I think Andreas yeah. would love to wear another hat, wouldn't I, you, I think the safest, the safest person to get to drive that vehicle would be Colin. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is yeah. what I've heard, eh? What I mean, a he, better way to, he, to have than have the right? head coach yeah, drive you to the match well, from the pub. here first, folks. Let's yeah. sign yeah. him up. Let's He's driving Miss Daisy's vehicle right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll... Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, there's yeah, nothing like the odd blue idea. hair in the back seat yeah, of his right. car. You know, D-Dub, that actually brings me to something. We were talking about going way back and when JP was driving the bus. Well, we've been through many incarnations since JP and I have been with the club. It's been a yeah, very long time, a long time, as we said. Yeah. We've been through many incarnations of general managers yeah. in the past, Jay. Uh, you've been on here for a few months now. What has it been since March? Yeah. So four yeah. months, three, four months now, and I see you've got a couple more gray hairs. But how do you think it's gone for yourself? Are, are you completely, uh, you know, drowning in it, or are you are you uh, are you feeling like you're really getting the hang of it now? And just how embracing do you feel it so and far? carrying on. Yeah. But you know what? It's, it's all blur, especially the first couple of months, and I don't think anybody's any ever really prepared for what they're going to walk into, right? For sure. So uh, I will tell you that this has been just an amazing experience. The staff is amazing. But there's a lot of work to be done, right? And so, you know, the honeymoon was literally two or three days. And it was get down to work, figure out a plan. And I got to tell you that my biggest surprise, and I'll be frank about this, the biggest surprise is just how much we have to start from scratch on the ticketing side Mm -hmm. and sponsorship side. We have to start from scratch. We we had to figure out new ways to engage fans, new campaigns, new ideas. And so the team embraced it. At the end of the day, we all agreed that, listen, there is a group of 12 people connected to the head office, and we have the opportunity to turn around a pro sports head office. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. We're all aligned to that culture. Yeah. And we've built the team around that, and that's what we have to do. And we have to do that. And we have those, those, There's 4,000 seats in the stadium. There's a million people that leave and live in the Edmonton area. So the question is, what's it going to take to fill that stadium? Because it should be full. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? When... I think a couple, about a week after I came on board, we brought our staff down to watch you guys train. Yeah. And I brought them into that environment because I realized there was a culture, there was a disconnect, right? Right. And I think we brought you and Colin into a session Mm -hmm. and we said, what's the number one thing you guys want? And you said, full stance. You deserve to hear the roar of the crowd. And you do because your players and you, this is your career, right? Mm. This is what, this is, this is what we do day in and day day out. Like for example, Last night, we started our call center. We have a brand-new call center that started up, and the sales staff now work till 9 o'clock at night calling minor soccer families, calling our communities to engage them, and so on. And so anyways, like I said, I, I know I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm one of many over the past few years, but the past is the past. You can, only look, you, can, you can only do control what you can control in front of you, align people to a direction, give them the tools they need, set, give them the ability to own the culture, and get out of their way. And well, you said it's, not, it's a bit of a unique um, opportunity as well. It's not, like you said, a bit of a oh, yeah. blank canvas. Well, it shouldn't be a blank canvas, but you know, for good or it ill, it is a it blank is what canvas, it is. and yep. you're able to create what you want out of it. So uh, it's yep. got to be an exciting job at yep. the same time. Eh? You know what? I will tell you, the, here's my most exciting moments is um, prior to every game, and you guys don't see this, at 12 o'clock on Sundays, mm-hmm. I take the entire team to center field. All the production crew, everybody behind the scenes, all the event staff, and all of our front office staff, we go to center field, and we have this pep talk, for lack of a better term. And I yeah. say, listen, it doesn't matter if there's 500, 1,000, or 2,000 people in the stands, or if it's full house. We give everybody the same show. We did that on June 12th. And then at the end of the game, I pulled everybody back into, into center field. Because to get to June 12th, and to get to the volume of people that we had in the stands, yeah. it was a lot of work. Yeah. And I said, this is what it takes. It takes the weeks of preparation, the mm-hmm. weeks, the hard weeks of being on the phone. Yeah. And it takes exactly what we did on June 12th to engage fans. That's what makes these games great. This is what it takes. Now you know what it takes? Yeah. Now we've got to do that every game now. And mm-hmm. it, you know what it takes? It took a few games to understand this, right? Yeah, for I mean, sure. Anybody that thinks that, any, that something can be flipped around, turned around, and made successful in, in relatively four or five months period of mm-hmm. time, it, yeah. you know, 
that's there. They got another thing coming. There's, there's a lot of work that still needs to mm-hmm. be done. I think we have it. I think we have the formula in stadium. Now we just got to put more bums in seats. Well, it's definitely exciting to see from uh, from the technical staff side of things that things are growing and changing, which is. Uh, you know, all due in, in part to, to what you're instilling and what you're bringing in. amazing group of people. We've made some changes. We've brought in. I w- I'm going to put, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody has had the chance to see some of James Nielsen's handiwork on the video, but he's a pretty talented guy when it comes to putting together digital content. And digital mm-hmm. content is key. You reach, people are looking down. They're not looking up anymore for their news. And so you have to put stuff out there in the digital world that is engaging. And he puts stuff out, digital, that's why he's on the field capturing video. Yeah. And he's yeah. able to capture it, edit it, push it out within a very short period of time, and it's really highly engaging stuff. And the reason that they do it is because you guys have access to what fans want, and that's behind-the-scenes access to players. Yeah, Push that out, it's engaging. The world and is so... And, and I'm, I'm just sorry, Jeff, yeah. that, and I'm sure that's the reason behind not doing as much print work or yeah. billboards throughout the city, sides of buses, stuff like that, yeah. because the money's better spent in the digital format. Yeah, last year the organization spent uh, tens and tens and tens of hun- uh, thousands of dollars on billboards, on, on radio, on... on uh, on, um, on, on buses and so on. Here's the challenge with that. That's to, in traditional advertising, that's all fine and good, but it's all awareness advertising. I, I need transactional advertising. And the best way to do that, the best way to track and measure how you're doing is digital. Digital right now gives you the ability to measure anything. The tools available to you on Twitter, on Instagram, on, on Facebook, to see how you engage with staff, mm-hmm. and, you know, sorry, engage with potential fans, fans yeah. is absolutely incredible. So case in point, uh, I was at a, um, a sports marketing class at the U of A about a month ago, and the question was asked, how much money are you spending on radio advertising? And so I threw the question back to the students. I said, okay, you're 22, 23 years old. How many of you listen to streaming music or satellite radio as your main source of, inf- of information throughout the day? Every single kid put up their hand. Yeah. Then I asked the question, how many of you listen to local radio stations as your main source of information? And no one put up their hand. Mm-hmm. The, the bottom line is now when, when, when billboard companies call me and when newspapers call me, and this isn't an those industries. No. But our needs, are, our needs are here and now. When those industries call me and say, I've got a great billboard on a side of the road, I go, great. Can you tell me what the age of that driver is? Can you tell me what her shopping habits are? Can you tell me where she goes on the Internet? They can't. But we can track all that. Of course. Digital. Yeah. And but, so, but you're and, not you're not fooing the other um, old school no, no. types of advertising. No. I mean, I just was driving here no. and I was on TSN 1260. There's yep. a plug for them. Our radio, our, our, our ad is on that radio station now. And no, I, I'm not. I, definitely. And there's a, there's a market for those mediums. Sure. But you know, uh, the club is trying to use our owner's money very very well. Yeah. And in order for me to, and I meet with him every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and I say, here's what we did this week. Here's the marketing that went out. And I need to be able to generate. I need to measure uh, like what happened with it. Yeah. And um, I can't do that with any other medium rather than digital platforms. No, that makes sense. And digital platforms give us the ability to to target specific demographics. For example, on Facebook, we have, I don't know, what is it, close to 10,000 followers on Facebook. And there's a 28, we know exactly what percentage is a female. It just so happens that, that that 25, 26% that are female are in the 25 to 28 age range and they're moms. And when it comes to Sunday afternoon games, we tailor our messaging. Primarily, one of our markets is families, so we tailor that messaging to moms. Mm. Because we all know that on Sunday afternoons, family activities, the trigger is pulled by moms. It's not generally the dads, right? Mm -hmm. And so we tailor that message. You can do that on digital. You 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 can do those digital strategies, and you can tweak them, and you can measure them. And that's really... 
and that's where that's the success that we've had so far is through is through digital. Sorry, long answer, but no, no, it's, but it's an answer uh, worth hearing. I mean, it's uh, that gives people out there want to know why they don't see more hits sure. in certain areas of uh, of the club and that's just you've just explained and, it succinctly and, and so the, the final thing is that people are not looking up they're looking down into digital yeah. devices desktop into their uh, into their uh, mobile devices right so yeah. that's where you got to reach them oh, that's a good point you mentioned sundays there jay sunday afternoon games is mm-hmm. that um is that in stone? Are we looking to do anything different or make a shift? You know to what? The if I had game? my way, I tell you something. If I had my way, and I just, I just finished my part of the negotiations with uh, with the city, and now as we go to re- renegotiate our lease for the upcoming years, now in the hands of our owner and so on. Um, let me say this: the city's been a great landlord. Mr. Fath and Dave have been great tenants. We just got to find a happy medium to coexist together so the city can make a commitment to minor soccer. Because here's the reality. is that 25,000 kids in this city play soccer. That's twice as many than hockey and football combined. So twice as many kids than hockey and football are kept off the street and kept active through the game of soccer. So now the question has to be asked is how will the FATH group, FC Edmonton, and the city and all the minor soccer associations work together to turn Clark into a soccer-specific stadium. And that's how we answer many of those questions. So in terms of going into next year, I'd like to see some of those changes, but I'd also like to see five or six Saturday night games. So we fall in line with NASL broadcasting. Yeah, for sure. And we also are able to draw out many more uh, families and, and, you know, have a great party night at, at yeah. the games. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing. And I know, GP, from a coaching perspective and just a fan of the game, it's so much nicer to watch those evening games under the lights. Well, that's huge for sure. I mean, you know, there, it's interesting listening to all this, Jay. Though there's 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 a there's a connection between office side and team side. And when we talk about uh, what both sides do for each other to generate atmosphere and to bring to put people in the stands, certainly there's the there's your side of the business, which is doing all the that the heavy work. You know, you're making your phone calls, you're reaching out, you're doing everything you can. You're trying to build the fan experience, trying to create uh, create different game day uh, events and whatnot. Your job is easier if we're doing our job yeah. and we're winning games. Uh, for so, sure. you know, we've had some success this spring yeah. season. That helps. Are we playing attractive football? You know, because at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're going to get your soccer purists out if they're enjoying what they see on the field to play. Mm-hmm. And if it's not attractive football, they won't come. So your job becomes harder. Uh, one of the comments after our last game, and, and I'm, I mean, I'm heavily involved in Twitter. I use it all the time. And, and I've actually created some great networks on Twitter. I love it. And, and one of the comments that's come back to me on Twitter is, has been that we're actually starting to play through the midfield now, and they're enjoying watching us play at the moment. And uh, this has been an evolution for us this year. And I think if so for us to do that and for us to get some Ws, it's... Um, uh, but that's the reality. Well, of you course. Know, we're, 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 we're playing better football I'm, this year. I'm smiling and, at the... Um, but I think that helps the selling feature. Sure it does. And then on the flip side, when we see, when the players are seeing the people in the stands and they're cheering and they're loud, like the last game was an unbelievable atmosphere. Yeah. And even for those that might not have soccer as their first choice sport, if they were in that stadium with that noise and everything going around, they'll come back. Yeah. Because it, would good, it was a good experience. So it's, in, it's interconnected in, in what both sure. of us are doing, trying to accomplish. A friend of mine is Patrick LaForge. And this is what he loves to tell me. He says, when the team is winning, the beer tastes better, the, the French fries taste better, the hot dogs taste better. Yeah. So um, it's true. It's, we're, we're all, it's all connected. There's one ecosystem, right? It's got to move. 
smoothly and firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm so happy to see that the club's moving forward in so many different directions in the front office. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Jay's going to tell us a little bit about uh, how we are within the community and the different community things that are going on that the club is involved with. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. You got to take down the barriers. You got to get kids off close and personal to their to their heroes. And, well, mentors, and I right? think that's a huge thing. A huge step is is making sure you can get the players close to the community because then they can start to believe in what they're seeing yeah. and, and understand that they're there. Yeah. Our our official charitable sponsor for our charitable partner for the upcoming year. We have. Three or four of them, but our big one is Special Olympics. Yeah. We did that big activation at the beginning of the year where yeah. every team's every team member showed up. It was an awesome yeah, experience. Yeah, it's and we've gone out to a few things. Then we're cooking something up for the fall um, for another big activation. We did stuff with Free Footy. Albert is very very close to the yeah, folk for uh, Tim Adams with Free Footy, and he was yeah. very dedicated to that. Um, we're doing some other charitable events coming up as well. Ronald McDonald House is coming Ronald up. Ronald McDonald House yeah, is coming up. A good one too. Mm-hmm. Kick out bullying is very special to the club. There's been a couple things happen year after year. Mm-hmm. Kick out bullying night is actually coming up. I think on October 9th. Um, and then, of course, the Woodall Cup is coming up on sep- so September 11th is, is first responders' day in the stadium, mm-hmm. and we're doing the Woodall Cup after the game. Okay. And um, I believe the team from Manchester is flying in. I think their rooms have been booked already. So that's going to be a another team from Manchester. Yeah. What's so you'll have to talk to some people about this, but uh, talk to Danny, Danny Greenwood. Yeah. yeah. They don't. Danny? Uh... Are you sure they play football in Manchester? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I know they do in Leicester. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, we hear uh, about it every day. I know. <laughs> uh, so, so there's things like that we do in the community for the community. Um, we do a lot of silent auction stuff. The bottom line is we have the ability to go grassroots, stay grassroots, bring the experience to the people. That's how you earn every fan is by doing stuff like that. And we're at a point where we have to earn every seat. Yeah. I got to tell you, Jay, I'm in the age group where I've got a lot of friends who have young kids who are six, seven, eight years old. And for the first time since I've worked at this club, I've gone to a barbecue at a friend's house. And most of the parents there have commented and said, oh, my God, FC Edmonton was out. We had a great time. The mascot was there. Yeah, we we're going to come to the next game. I never heard that before. And I don't like to go to parties and start preaching about, oh, you guys have to buy tickets for FC Edmonton. So for people to come up to me and say they're coming to the game, that's, that's magic. You know, it tells yeah, me that we've started awesome. to turn a corner. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. We started so to turn. You have lots yeah. of work to do. Sure last night, last sure night our call center was in operation, and I, I made some calls to some families. And once or twice somebody said to me, yeah, we saw you guys at the field. We have our 8-year-old daughter, and she was there. She got one of those slap bands you put on her. Rest. Yeah, yeah, that's what you got to do. You got to give out the swag. Yeah. We even had Jake come out and Tony yeah. come out and sign the uh, and the posters at the tournament at the tournaments this past week. We did something at right. Twin Brooks. So uh-huh. you know, all those things, you you got to take away the barriers and give kids access to the players. Once they have access to the players, they're emotionally connected, and they draw the rest of the families yeah. in, and they'll come to the stadium. Well, I'm totally excited about all the community stuff that has Me been too. going on, and that's yeah. uh, that will be going on in the in the near future here. So, right. thanks a lot for that aspect of it, Jay, and, and, and for keeping us informed and up to date, and uh, we'll, we'll do this periodically. We'll bring uh, the GM in and uh, have more chats with them uh, here on Rabbit Radio. We're going to shift gears a little bit. We are going to slip into uh, a 
little bit more of tournaments that have been going on. The Copa America will be mm-hmm. one. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit of Euros. We'll do that in uh, just a jiffy. You're listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton. Yes, we're here at Rabbit Radio, live. Well, sort of live. We're almost live. We're, we're Twitter live. Right now it's live. I mean, right now. We're, we're, we're live in the room. <laughs> this is actually happening. It's happening right now. Right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, we're the official podcast of FC Edmonton, JP, Andreas, DW, and we're just going to, and JB. <laughs> Let's just, just throw all the initials yeah. out there. So we've got Andreas Morris, Jay Ball, Jeff Paulus, and Darren Wollison in the mix here for you. You know what? Right now we're going to give some shout outs. I'm going to give this over to Jeff. Shout outs to our brethren in the podcast world. Jeff. Yeah, we want to mention some of the other podcasts out there because they're doing fantastic work, and they're not only um, promoting the game of, of soccer in Canada, they're, they're promoting player development in Canada, they're promoting change, they're promoting uh, the CSA to, to jump on board, and um, they're just trying to make the game better for everybody, and they're providing a, an avenue for people like me to come on or call in to come on and talk about what we can do in Canada to change things. So a uh, shout-out to um, uh, From the Black Hole, uh, podcast of the Loyal Company of the River Valley, Red Nation Online, uh, the Footy Soldiers, and uh, Anthony Tatera out of Toronto. So give them all a listen, uh, jump on, give them your support. The more support they get, the more they can talk about this game and yeah. growing this game. And that's what it's all about, is growing this game. Next on the agenda, the Copa America. Talking about a few yeah. of the tournaments that have just happened and gone by. And so we've just completed the Copa America this past weekend. Third place game we'll start with was the USA and Colombia. Colombia. And how did it end up? One nothing. One nothing Columbia. for Colombia. Colombia. And yeah. I know you were glued to your TV set for that one, weren't you? Uh, no, no, not that one. But I mean, the final was. Uh, I got a. You know, Chile did a great job. One in, in PKs, and and uh, my boy from Arsenal there, Alexis Sanchez, won the gold boots. So <laughs> no, he must be a happy yeah. camper. Well, I say it bodes well for him going back into camp here. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah, he uh, finally, he finally wins a trophy. <laughs> Two trophies. <laughs> All right. Hey. You know what though? I, I will say there's that. Did you? Because I didn't, I couldn't get the game on my on my TV. I couldn't. I, I couldn't get it. Yeah, so it's a travesty. I think it's you know it's great because we have Europa going on, but and we all, I mean the, the media and the marketing behind the the EPL and European football it is what it is. But here we are in in the Americas, yeah. And these are our heroes. These should be our kids' heroes because they're our players. But we can't watch the game. I know. So I, I think Concacaf has really. Uh, not just CONCACAF, but the Copa America, I guess, organizers have missed the boat here. Uh, I think they've not made the game accessible. Uh, I think to the detriment of the growth of the game in the Americas, especially in North America and, and Central America. So it's unfortunate, but fantastic tournament. I mean, you know, as a Canadian, we always um, we always cheer against the States whenever there's a, a sporting event of and whatnot. But I got to say, when it comes to our sport, I think that the growth of the growth of soccer in Canada relies on the growth of soccer in the U.S. Oh, uh, totally yeah. agree. So totally whenever agree. they're not playing us, I'm their biggest fan. And mm. uh, you know, I think Jurgen Klinsmann's coming under some heat, but but they've done a good job this tournament to make it to that the third place game. Yeah. And by all accounts, they've played a very good game against Colombia. Mm. So it is what it is on their end, but. I think it's a good showing in that competition for them to come in fourth place. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think it's good for them as well, especially with the you know the names of the teams that were in the tournament. There were some heavy hitters in there. Absolutely. So, and in yeah. particular, was Messi's uh, free kick on the U.S. in that one game. Uh, yeah. I'm still 
I get goosebumps thinking about that strike. And now he's thinking of retiring, or he's announced well, that he's retiring. He's, he's retiring uh, from, from, from international, international, from international, international football. Yeah. yeah, I think that is. Uh, he'll be talked out of it by Diego, eh? I you think know someone what? will talk him into it. Yeah. At the end of the day, you've just lost. Uh, you've just lost a major competition yeah. in the final, and you've missed a PK. Yeah. So you're human. Yeah. So you can answer two questions at the end of that day. You can answer what it felt like to miss a PK for your country, or you can answer why you're retiring from international football. Sure. Yeah. Sure. There you go. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I, but <laughs> I, was like I honestly thought he was sincere, yeah. though. I mean, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. In tears at the end of it. Oh, you know? Yeah. Oh, he cares. I mean, I wouldn't would suggest yeah, that. Oh, no, no, no. Of course, of course he cares. But I, I think it's got more to do with his own, you know, that's a real hard, hard on the, the mind and the body to play for your country and, and to, sure. to, to be that involved with it and then have to go back and, and, and play club stuff. I think that's just. What a, what a stress that would be on It's, it's a lot to ask. Yeah. It, it is a lot, a lot to ask. ask. I've never missed a PK, so I wouldn't know what that oh, feels like. But, here we go. Uh, here we go. I can imagine it must have been devastating. <laughs> <laughs> and D-Dub was the keeper. <laughs> yeah, so. right. yeah, that's right. It was easy to slot one by me with my bum knee. Anyways, moving on. From the Copa America, we're, uh, of course, in the midst of the... Uh, well, let's first congratulate Chile. All right. Because there's a Chile. lot of Chileans uh, in Edmonton. We there are a lot, a lot and, of Chileans and, and in Edmonton. And they support their teams. I they mean, do. I, I they played do. Uh, yeah. not at a very high level in Edmonton, but I ended up no. getting all the way up to Premier. Not Major League, wow. but Premier. And Chile was in our division. Yeah. So we'd play, you know, in indoor. We'd play in these indoor centers around town. And they've got, you know, I don't know, seating for 50, 100 people there. Yeah. They would be packed packed with Chilean fans at a Premier League game in Edmonton, waving mm-hmm. flags, screaming at the refs, <laughs> intimidating the opposition. That's great. Fantastic. Fantastic. No, their support is fantastic. And um, is that the team that our athletic uh, trainer, Jose Jimenez, got cut from? Uh, <laughs> no, actually. Is that a different That, that, was, that was, was when team? I was actually good at football, oh, and then okay. I came back and uh, <laughs> okay. I ended up with a fourth division team, and that's when our athletic <laughs> therapist the got cut from. So. Uh, on, on a serious note, though, with the, you know, in, in, uh, speaking of the Chilean community, though, at FC Edmonton, I mean, Chris Lemaire. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he is, Chris Lemaire is one of the most talented players to ever come out of Edmonton. Definitely, definitely. And, uh, yeah, and, and he, he represented us as well. So yeah, there's another shout-out to the Ch- uh, Chilean community, certainly. Yeah, yeah. But what a fantastic footballer he was. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was it. I mean, I know we kind of glazed over. You had already mentioned the final, and then we started talking about the third-place game a little bit more. So Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, End yeah. of story. Penalties. Yeah. Thank you. All right, moving on. Euros 2016. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to the winding up of that. The matches that just happened, I, I'm telling there's a, a few upsets in the, in the making here. I, I have to say, though, and we'll go right to it, is that England-Iceland game, as much as it's an upset in, in, the, in the whole scheme of things, if you watched Iceland play throughout the tournament, you knew that that could happen. You knew that there were a possibility of an upset was there just on the discipline of how Iceland plays the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's yeah. just going to okay. start talking about the next game, honestly. <laughs> I almost gave up watching the Euros after Sweden yeah. got knocked out, but the, Iceland, the, the Icelandic team is the one that kept me interested in it now. Yeah. I'm all for them now. Every single Canadian fan should be cheering for Iceland because Iceland has provided to every single Canadian involved in soccer the blueprint of what we need to do as a country to improve. And that is a massive uh, investment in coaching education and a massive investment in facility infrastructure. And they have the same environment we do, and they've invested in, I can't even, 30-something full-field indoor facilities throughout their country. They've invested heavily, the most per capita licensed coaches at the Europe, at the uh, uh, UEFA A license and up level per player. 
and, and we are so lacking behind. And, and, and I've talked about this in great conversations on Twitter with a lot of people that know more about the game than I do, and, and we all talk about the same thing when it comes to coaching education, but this is a blueprint for our country. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's interesting because we talked about uh, Clark Stadium earlier and about, you know, the imprint that soccer has in our community versus the imprint of some other sports. Mm-hmm. And you look at the youth, the youth numbers that play sports, and you talk about the 44% of our youth that play soccer versus the 2% that play North American football. And, and you look at the disparity, in my opinion, this isn't FC Edmonton talking, this yeah. is Jeff Paulus talking, the disparity in how resources are allocated and funded. Outdoor hockey rings versus zero real outdoor free play facilities for our sport. So And zero so, indoor full Well, size. and zero. Yeah. And, you know, if soccer people came together, and if you look at across the country, there's about 844,000 registered soccer players. And if you assume that, say, 60 to 70% of those are children, then double that, that 60% because then you've got the moms and dads that are supporting the sport as of well. Course. That is a massive political voice that never uses that voice to drive government to actually do something for our sport. Yeah. And when that happens, we, we can be... There's no reason why Canada can't be like, like Iceland. There's no reason. So I'm, I'm happy for Iceland. I feel sorry for them in the next round, of course, but I'm happy for them now. Uh, it's a great story. They deserve the result over England. Uh, it's brilliant. I love yeah. it. So I, let's, well, let's bank through some of these scores then. Uh, Italy, Spain. I mean, that was a... I, Italy's an okay team, but I figured Spain would do much better. To, it was two I had nil Spain winning that game. It was, two, I, was two I, nil a fair, yeah, fair shot for Italy? Well, I've not seen it yet because we were training. So uh, I've got it on PVR still. Yeah, so I, I didn't it, watch it Did either. you know the score? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I heard. Okay, so, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean I'm mean, i in this office-wide pool that I think Jay's in as well here. And, uh, and I, I had Spain winning that game just um, – uh, I'm not a big Italian fan. I mean, they, they – uh, I thought Sweden should have beat the Italians, and I think I was basing my prediction off of that. They off that did game. not yeah, look yeah. like world beaters against yeah. that game against Sweden, and Sweden did not have a good tournament, and they they well, did really well against Italy. So, so you know, I actually picked Iceland to win the entire thing. No, you didn't. Did you? I swear to God. Say, say yes, that look, again. Say that look, again. I picked Iceland to win the entire thing. Well done, Jay. Oh, Jay. Look, look at my pool. I like it's it. in there. Yeah. I like wow. it. Yeah, that's Jay, the I'm a big fan maker. of the underdog. Yeah. Well, they certainly yeah. are. They certainly are the underdog. And Vikings. <laughs> and then we yeah. had uh, Belgium humping Hungary 4-0. Hungary had a pretty good run. They're, they're my pick for the tournament, Belgium. Is, Belgium? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they had a good game. They're coming on. They had a quality on, game. Coming on. They're getting better and better with every game that's going yeah. on I've seen. Yeah, I mean, they, Steve Sandor is probably upset right now. Oh, he's uh, definitely uh, fine. But they, he's definitely they've overachieved. Hungary had a fine hey, run. They, they've they've, they've overachieved. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Well absolutely. done to yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other one, of course, uh, Germany-Slovakia. Germany beat yeah, the Slovakia on, that's, 3-0. That's so so Germany quality. looked yeah. so yeah. good. Yeah. It's just yeah. too much quality there. Yeah. Too much yeah. quality. Then we have uh, JP, your team, France over Ireland 2-1. to yeah, never. You know, it's interesting. A good friend of mine, Sergio Teixeira, who many people that might listen to this will know, he got a hold of me at halftime to kind of rub it in. And, uh, and asked why I was nervous. And no, I wasn't. <laughs> you know, there was no chance that Ireland was going to keep up that momentum, that, uh, that tempo of play for 90 minutes uh-huh. of pressing. So it was inevitable. They just scored too early. They just scored way too nah, early. Yeah, they just were outclassed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
Who, who's France going to face? Yeah, France and Iceland. <laughs> and the next yeah, we'll, round. we'll get to that. We'll get to that in our, in our next round predictions. We'll get to that. Um, uh, and then, of course, in the pool, I, I drew out of the hat the names. I've got Portugal. Portugal uh, knocked off Croatia 1-0. No. They have not looked impressive no, doing so. They have no. not looked good. It was, the, no. it was actually a decent play at the very end to score the goal, but it was borderline offside you know, and extra you, time. You talk about guys like Messi we just talked about in the Copa America final, and then you, you compare that. That guy to Ronaldo. I, I'm sorry. I mean, I understand why all Portuguese people in the world are in love with this guy. Uh, he doesn't do it for me. He just seems yeah. like such an arrogant you-know-what. Yeah. I just cannot be a fan of his. I mean, obviously, watching him play the sport, it's a different class altogether. But I need to be able to appreciate the person as well. And yeah. I just can't do it for this guy. Yeah, he's, just, um, he's got moments where he, he's you know helping children or doing this and doing sure, that. Which, fair enough. But how much great. is that an agency no, no, guiding him? That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, I'm hard pressed to to have a real like for that guy. Yeah, yeah I've actually I know that we're taking we're fielding questions on Twitter, you know, and we'll ask those questions. And, uh, but I put out a question to Serge in case we got asked a question. And, and I said, Serge, you know, what should I say when people ask my advice on how they can possibly stay awake watching the Portuguese play? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so so I, he's not got back to me yet. But, yeah. Next on the list. He's sleeping. Was, yeah, sleeping. Uh, he's watching the highlights. It was <laughs> Wales and Northern Ireland. Wales won at 1-0. No. There's the story yeah. that's similar to Iceland, but no one's talking about it. I know. It's fantastic. The Wales aren't supposed to do anything. And the Northern Irish show. I mean, they made it well, past the stage. Yeah, good that's, point. You know, we talk about uh, Iceland being small. I mean, I'm half. My, you know, my one half is French. Yeah. And my other half is Northern Irish, and um, so a fantastic story for yeah. that. It's, oh. it's the weak country. All that's three come of out those teams of the group stages, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And then the final game of the, uh, the that part of it was Poland and Switzerland. And Poland went to a shootout to win that one, 5-4 in the shootout. Yeah. I took Switzerland, and that actually took Switzerland to win did France's you? group. I thought they would do a lot better than they Settled did in this tournament. Down. Yeah, well, I've, I've, been, I've been proved wrong, yeah. obviously. Poland, Poland was my, uh, my dark horse team, i got to say, coming yeah. in. You know, them and, and Croatia, although Croatia, I don't think... I think Croatia was strong enough that they, sh- they shouldn't have surprised anybody. It's yeah. such a good footballing nation. Yeah. But, um, but Poland... Yeah, they were, they were a dark horse team for me. Okay, so here we go then. We're heading into the right, quarterfinals. We've got You're in on this, Jay. You have to make your predictions Poland here. and Portugal in the first matchup. And although they're a dark horse, I, I drew the stupid name out of the hat, so I've got to go with Portugal. Oh, I would, I would say they're favored in that game, but wow. I'm going to take Poland. Yeah, I'm going to take Poland too. Take Poland as well? Yeah, I've got such, such a lack of interest on this game. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. Can this game end 0-0? Zero, zero? Um, it might. It yeah, might. Yeah. No, I'm going to go. I'm going Poland. I'm going Poland. Poland? Yeah. I'll tell you something. My wife is a big fan of uh, Portugal soccer and all the men connected with the... Right. So she doesn't, uh, like, she doesn't oh, yeah. like the game very much? <laughs> she does not play. She does not watch a lot of them. And she talked me, talk me the other day. She goes... You know, those Portuguese men. Yeah. That's a, a handsome-looking team. She's a and fan like, of hair gel. I'm right, right here. You're talking to me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, she's a fan of hair gel. We get That's it. right, yeah. <laughs> Next up is uh, Belgium and Wales. What's, what are the thoughts there? I, I think it'll be Belgium. Belgium is a class yeah. team. and they've yeah. I'd love good. to see Wales beat them, but I, my money my money's on Belgium in that one. Uh, but I, I'm cheering for Wales. Yeah. Wales. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm picking. I'm picking Belgium. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of seeing Bale's dodgy hair. Kind of yeah, it's, hey, come on. It's very slot on We gotta get rid of it. We pull it off. And nah, uh, okay, third game on the list: Germany, Italy. Mm. 
Oh, it should be a doozy, but yeah. I got to take the Germans, man. Yeah, I got to go with Germany, too. They look so classy in Germany. the way they played. Yeah, I, I've got to go. This is the toughest game to pick. It's, uh, it should I, be a good game, man. Eh? Yeah, I've got to go Germany. I mean, right now, they, I think they're the class of the tournament, but Italy is so tactically sound. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, Conte, what, what a job he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Teresa Spelling is a good friend of mine, so. I'm just, I'm, I'll go with Italy. There's a shout out to ah, Teresa. Yeah. Jay Ball yeah. voting for Italy. Of the Italian oh, center. Gonna, Teresa Spelli of the Italian center. I've got to say German talent-wise. Love their sandwiches. Right. And the final game, of course, France and Iceland. Come on. Let's go Vikings. Go Vikings. Iceland. I'm, um, I think they're going to be torn apart defensively by France, but... Mm. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm even going to give a score on this one. I'll give oh, a you're, score. You're going to give a, you're giving a shout up. Uh, three nothing France. Wow. <laughs> three nothing. No, France. <laughs> I said, I bet she's going to say three nothing France. Yeah, three nothing France. <laughs> That's a tough one. I'm not yeah. throwing a score out there, but uh, I definitely yeah. think France will we take this. We just have so much quality, it's embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, that, that's worth saying and Iceland. Just they're so humble to yeah. the French, aren't they? Yeah. They're just so down humble, to earth. Humble, yeah. humble. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's our predictions here for Euros 2016 quarterfinals. Uh, we'll get the results and we'll talk a little bit about it uh, in the next broadcast next week. We're going to come back and we're going to do a preview of the NASL. Uh, how FC Edmonton's going to do in the fall season and all kinds of uh, more topics coming your way. These are great seats. Dynamic, exciting, professional soccer action. What a great view. A brand new season, a whole new brand of entertainment. Come on, Eddie's. Now's the time to get your FC Edmonton season tickets. Call today at 700-2600 or buy online at fcedmonton.com. Be part of all the fun, thrilling, high-level North American Soccer League action. FC Edmonton at Clark Stadium. Online at fcedmonton.com. My town, my team. And it's Rabbit Radio here at First Round Restaurant Sports Restaurant in downtown Edmonton. We are launching right into, let's get into a recap of the NASL, how the spring season ended. Who, uh, who ended up where, JP? Yeah, amazingly enough, uh, Indy wins the league. Yeah, wins the spring season. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean... Good for Tim, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, and the way they did it was the the real amazing. You know what? Part. They didn't lose it at the end of the day. Last day. Yeah, and they never lost. No, I mean, they this didn't is a lose team a game. that never lost a game. No, so no. so and credit words do. Yeah, for sure. They've done, they've done a good job. Nobody nobody factored them into any preseason predictions. That team wasn't factored into anything by anybody, and uh, they've come out and they're organized. He's done a good job. His relationship with the players is strong, and I think that's been the biggest adjustment. I think the players enjoy playing for him. Yeah. Yeah, at least they look like they do when I mean, you talk to him after a game. So, yeah, full credit where it's due. Yeah. So I think it's so, I mean, that's one surprise, obviously, but, but they've earned it. But I think the bigger surprises are, are, are who didn't win it. Uh, New York, not yeah. I mean, they runners-up, I guess, so to speak. They finished with 18 points, just That's like right. Indy did. Yeah. But uh, Indy, and the goal difference was tied, so it was head-to-head, wasn't it? Head-to-head. And uh, New York lost that game mm-hmm. in That's Indy. 
uh, in the 90th like, minute, right? They gave up two goals in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> so that was their season. Yeah. That was their season. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. And, of, and, of course, third place in, in the league is? Yeah, it's us. Yeah, it's us. Oh, it's us. Yeah, I think that can be categorized as a surprise by most people. I, I don't think uh, yeah. outside of this room and the, 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 you know, the guys that we work with day in and day out, yeah. I don't think too many other people around the NASL gave us a chance. Mm. And, uh, you know, we did everything we could aside from that, that you know, that Miami game if we had gotten that's, that's something a, out of that. I mean, that was our crutch. You know, we were just talking well, about couple, New York but, losing yeah. to Indy. Ours was that Miami game. If yeah, we had won or, that Miami game, yeah. it would have been us at the time. You know, I think... Um, or the Indy game or the OKC yeah, game. Right? We, there's three there's games that really yeah, were yeah, games, I, for sure. I think, for me, I go back to the Indy game. And I go back mm-hmm. to the Indy game because, I mean, that's a team that won it. So, and we had a chance to beat them at their home. And if you recall, I think it was like a, a fourteen a fourteen on zero in the last yeah, yeah. five minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think right. even our sides were involved in that. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was it was a four or three a three or four on zero essentially, and we didn't come up with uh, even a good attempt. So, so I think that moment there is is you know you go back to that not to put any player under pressure certainly in our squad, mm-hmm. you know. But but, but we're I still think, in a good spot. But yeah, Great spot. well, you, you compare this year to, to seasons past, and and you come into the fall season, seasons past, knowing that you've got to make up, you know, sometimes twelve points, and uh, and that's a big ask. And now we're there. The team believes we finished strong. Um, yeah, this is a group in a good place at the moment. Yeah. Rounding out the top four, there we've got Minnesota and Tampa Bay both on sixteen. Jay, you were about to interject, yeah. and I uh, no. I jumped in there. Oh, that's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just because. You know, you, you've asked a lot of questions in front of us. I've got a question yeah. to you as a coach. Sure. Are you, is this team in the mix every game this in the spring season? Yeah, yeah, we're in the mix. You know, we, we've come back to, um, this team's always been difficult to play against. We've had a defensive mindset in the last four years. So we've always been difficult to play against. Uh, where we've struggled is if we give up the first goal, then we've got to get back in the game, and maybe that's where we have struggled in years past. This year, um, we've gone back. We've gone back to, to really focusing initially on our defensive play. But I think what the difference for us, Jay, is, is this year we, there's an emphasis on keeping the ball and possession. So where maybe in the last few years we would defend really well, we would also then give the ball right back to the other team. And it's very difficult to do that. You'll, you'll see that when France plays Iceland, how difficult it is to defend for 90 minutes. <laughs> so, but with us, um, no, with us this year, we, we, there's been a focus to, to keep the ball. There's been a focus to play through our midfield. Uh, we've got good players in. Uh, this is a team that uh, I think really believes that they're in a place to challenge. I mean, certainly the staff does, Jay. Um, we've had a good off season. We've not got. We've not had a, a friendly, which we wanted to have. You know, we just didn't arrange that. So we'll see how the how the players are um, without that preparation. But but certainly the training sessions have been fantastic. They've been intense. Um, and I think if you ask some of the players that they, I think we've had some of our more intense training sessions over the last week than we've had maybe you know throughout the year. So so they're hungry. And, and they guys, seem to be embracing it, too. To Sorry, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. You guys sound excited, ready to go. Oh, very. You know what? And, and, that, and that'll lead us into sure. the uh, the fall preview games here. We've got the, So that was sort of the top four of who ended up in spring. And, and then moving forward, we've got games coming up this weekend. And uh, who do we play right off the bat? We play OKC. Yeah, and that was a tough one. We started out uh, the campaign here, the spring season, against OKC in mm-hmm. OKC. Yeah. So this is a this is you know we're we're opening in the fall season That's in OKC right. against OKC. So uh, I guess I mean we came out of that game nil nil, and you know it wasn't um, man down. 
a man down after 30 minutes, minutes yeah. right? Yeah. So that's right. I, and, and that was that's our right. captain, our center back, our, yeah. our, our heart and soul. So that was a big, lo- uh, big loss to the team in that game, and yeah. it, was, it was probably a strong point on the road. Um, but, you know, now that you've played them, now that you know what the pitch is like, now that you know what the atmosphere is like, how do you prepare differently? Do you prepare differently going into OKC this weekend? Yeah, well, I mean, for starters, I think it was a good, like you said, it was a good one point on the road. Yeah. Um, we've prepared, I think, how we prepared, Dre. I think we've uh, we've done our video work on them early yeah. uh, on Monday. We did our video work, so we know what we're up against. We know they're a talented team, uh, and I think they're a talented team that maybe is underachieved based on the quality of player that they brought in. Yeah. And throughout the lineup, they've got players that can play. Oh, you for know, sure. and Yeah, so, so I think they're an underachieving team, um, but... We believe that we believe we know how they're going to try to play. Uh, I've, we've not seen a big difference in, in, in the video analysis that would dictate they're going to do something crazy different. Um, so we believe we know how they play. We, we believe we can defend them, and we also believe we can attack them. Now, you know, we've yeah, I think there's some good work put in. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple more days here to prepare. Uh, the mindset's three points, Dre. I think yeah, yeah. you know if you're asking us how we feel about uh, about a unit. Certainly, any away game in the NASL is going to be a tough game. Um, and, and one point, you're, you're happy to take a point, but our mindset is three points in this game. Yeah, I think one of the things that we don't use as a crutch, but we certainly could, and kudos for us not using it as a crutch, is, is travel. Yeah. And uh, going into the first game of the year, we think flew in on a Wednesday for a Saturday game. Yeah. It's changed now. Uh, yeah. Colin and yourself have decided we're going to fly in on the Friday for a Saturday game. What's the reasoning behind that? Does it give you just extra time to get ready here at home? So... Yeah, you know, it, it was an easy travel day yeah. uh, to get there. So we, we weren't sure getting to Oklahoma how it was going to be. Um, I won't say on air what it was like being in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we didn't know what the travel day was going to be like. So we went early just because of that. It, it's the unknown. So we've had situations in the past. You remember a few years ago, Carolina, sure. arriving at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then I'm going to play the next day. And, and it severely affected us. Wow, that's a tough, tough thing yeah, to do. So, yeah. So it was done for that reason, for the right reason. Uh, it was an easy travel day, um, so when you weigh out uh, the pros and cons of going on a Thursday versus a Friday, knowing we can get there at a decent hour Friday, um, to be in our environment, on our training ground, uh, the players can sleep in their beds, uh, eat their meals, and, and stay to their routine, we thought that was more important. Yeah, And it has a huge effect. It has a really large mental effect on a player. If you're going to a, a place that obviously isn't as familiar and whether you like it or don't like it it's it's going to have some kind of mental effect on you whether it's you're hoping it's all going to be positive but it isn't always when you go into these cities and travel depending on the travel absolutely um so that makes a huge difference yeah and if you're a couple of days i mean the only good thing i can think about for about being in oklahoma is lance parker so well lance parker's from oklahoma a lot a lot of just retired too he just retired yeah Yeah. so throw that out there for him because he's a great guy and he was a great pro yeah Yeah. but outside of lance parker then i'm glad we're just i'm glad we're going on the friday and leaving on the sunday yeah (laughs) but the Barbecue's good. So now, hey, apparently, but I don't need it. So. Let's, okay, well, let's let's jump right into the prediction then for that. You know, for the weekend games that we're going to be uh, seeing. So for us, it's RK. Who's keeping track uh, of this? Yeah, by we're going to start keeping track yeah. of this. Oh, this this yeah. will have to start. Well, you've got the pen out. Why don't you do uh, just jot it down? There's, uh, so there's uh, end season pints. I'm going to I'm going to say it's two nil so for we're, FC. Okay. Oh, we're going to our game first. Well, our game will go first. Sure. All right. So it's because we've just been talking about it. Uh, our. Rail, go on. Well, yeah, I mean, you just stole my scoreline there. Uh, you can I, have the same you, one. You can, can we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you have to be special. Well, I had my heart set on 2-0. I'm going to go with D-Dub on go. that one. Two I nil. think it's 2-0 to the Eddies. 
JP. J. Uh, one nothing. JP, that's you. Yeah, I'm going one nothing for the Eddies as well. Okay. Very good. Very good. Next up is yeah. uh, Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, Fort Lauderdale's hosting. Oh, I'm going to have to say Fort Lauderdale. Although Miami's made a couple of Miami uh, has, but I changes, think, haven't they? Yeah, but I just think uh, it seems like they're the New York Yankees here, that they're just adding all these big names, and let's see if they can gel. They're all, sorry, not the New York Yankees, I should say. They're like the Toronto Maple Leafs, Ooh. JP. What do you mean? In that, uh, well, Toronto's Easy. brought in these big name uh, um, uh, front office people, and you think yeah. they're going to be working their magic. I Miami's do. bringing in these high-priced players. And, you know, hey, Richie Ryan, I'm a, I'm a fan of Richie Ryan. Uh, I think he's going to do wonders for that club as a leader, yeah. but uh, I don't. I don't see him gelling. I don't. I just do not see them gelling. I think that's uh, that's uh, that's a Fort Lauderdale win for me. Do you want to score on that one? Well, we want to score on everyone. We want to score on everyone. I'll go two to one for Lauderdale. And what, did D Dub give a score on that? No, I just got. Sorry, D Dub. I'm going to say three nil for Fort Lauderdale. What? You're not even. Joe Cole, baby. Chance. Wrong team. <laughs> Wrong team. <laughs> oh, there you go. I like that. Jake. Wow, an upset. Yeah. They, they made changes, and didn't they yeah. do well in the last two games of the spring season? Yeah, they've. Yeah, sure um, enough. Sure enough. Yeah. yeah, they've made some, you know, and they've made some good changes. I mean, they have bought everybody outside of your kiss dolls, <laughs> T Tub. They've, uh, but they're buying anything that that'll no, because his kiss but, dolls are too expensive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, and they can say, but they. But in all seriousness, no. Richie Ryan for me is 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 one of the premier holding midfield players in the NESL. Definitely, and they and they've got him. So we can talk about the money. Yeah. So we had this conversation in our practice run-ups to these, and and again, that's that's this is the market setup in the NESL. This yeah. is a world league that has individual ownership that makes their own decisions. Yeah. So so owners are free to make these decisions, and whether or not it proves good or bad for the league, we'll see. But. Um, uh, Richard Ryan um, uh, Hood are fantastic pickups for them, mm-hmm. and then now the rumor is they've they've just purchased Poku off of uh, New is York. That's still just a yeah. rumor. Well, it's uh, it's I don't think it's a done deal yet, okay. but everyone is everyone is verified uh, publicly that this is a this is a transaction about to happen. Yeah. I'm just not sure it's been official yet because of course the There's transfer deadline window. is yeah. not even open yet. Yeah. So when yeah. that happens, I expect them to be on their team, and, and we all remember him because he played in this league, yeah. and he's a quality player as well. So. Mm-hmm. Long-winded way to say <laughs> they're going to lose. Two-one Miami. Okay. Wow. Two-one Miami. Okay. So so far it's D Dub and Andreas versus J and JP. Yes. There you go. Okay. Next up, New York City, Ottawa. Yeah, New York City's hosting. Uh, I don't know. I, you know what? I, I'm uh, I'm going to have to say New York. <laughs> In my heart of hearts, I'd like to see Ottawa do okay. Uh, they've had moments in the Amway Cup where they looked decent uh, going forward, especially in their own home park. But they they struggle when they're away from home. I, I, most of the games in the uh, spring league, they always look like they struggled. So uh, I'm going to have to go with New York. What's the score? score. Oh, score. Uh, two nil New York. For me, uh, this isn't your grandfather's New York Cosmos. They're not the same club as they were last year. Agreed. Um, Ottawa has a feel-good story coming their way uh, in, oh, in, yeah, uh, yeah. in our I, former You know what? Player. I didn't even take that into consideration. You know, I just think that uh, we know Eddie Edwards so well. He's been with the club for so long. Uh, we know what kind of influence he can have on a locker room. And I think that's one thing that Ottawa really, really needs is somebody in their locker room to uh, to take charge and kind of help that team over the hump. I think with uh, with Eddie and then, uh, and then another former Eddie, uh, Milan Robertson, on the back line, they're going to be much more uh, established there, much more solid. Yeah. 
I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a one nil win in New York. Ottawa. Jay. I agree with Trey. Okay. One nil. Ottawa. Awesome. And you? Yeah, you know what? For many of the reasons Trey just said, to be honest with you, I, I love it. You know, we all uh, we all love Eddie. You know, we're gonna we're gonna miss him and, and Jonesy as well. And we'll get to that in the next podcast. We won't, we won't talk too much about it, but but I think Eddie has made that team significantly better. And I think the addition of Milan Roberts, who you know certainly you guys know my. Yeah. You know uh, how much I believe in this kid, and yeah. I've always believed in this kid, and, and I think he's a player. And I think when you build your right side of your defense with Milan Roberts and Eddie Edward, that'll be a side of that team you don't play down. And yeah. uh, because of that, um, if Eddie's been able to get some training time in and he does play, then I'm going to go zero zero. Okay, well, okay, zero zero. Yeah. That's a fair enough shout. And then we have the old is new Puerto Rico back in the NASL. Puerto Rico FC versus Indy. The spring champions. Thoughts? Well, one of the best road trips I've ever been on was Puerto Rico. That was classic. <laughs> a 10-day road trip. I think we played on a Saturday, stayed all week, and then played on the other Saturday and, and then came home. Can't remember how, how we did back in yeah. 2011, if we got any points there, but it doesn't really matter. I wasn't on that no. trip. Oh, you weren't on that trip. But oh. can I say, though, as an ex-sailor who's, uh-huh. who went to Puerto Rico for two months a year for seven straight years, if I behave like I did as an ex-sailor <laughs> on this trip, I will be going to look after my, or looking for my third wife. <laughs> yes. yeah. so, uh, Fair enough. Hey. It is a magical island. Uh, I, I have no idea what to expect out of Puerto Rico. I don't either. I, I love their owner. He seems to have the right attitude. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I know Chris Nurse personally. Uh, he's a volatile player. Uh, I mean, I got to give it to to Indy just because they're spring champs. I have no idea what to expect out of Puerto Rico. I, I, I know that. I, I mean, just based on what I've seen uh, in 2011, the, the, the training facility in Bayamon is it's lacking, uh, to say the least. I don't think they're going to be really well prepared, uh, even though they've had the whole spring season to get ready. I, I just don't think they're there. I got to give it to Indy. Indy. I mean, until you can beat Indy, they're the champs. So I'm, I'm taking Indy, and I'm going to say it's in Indy, or is it in Puerto, in Puerto Rico? Rico? It's in Puerto Rico. So I'll just say one nil Indy then. Right. Yeah, I was going to say one nil Indy as well. Okay. I'm going to say three nil Indy. Wow, three nil Indy. Well, with uh, Carmelo Anthony as the owner, and in true. Basketball fashion, I'm going to say this game will come down to the last two minutes. <laughs> and timeouts <laughs> you, the whole time. Yeah. We are picking yeah. where the last goal scored yeah. from. Yeah, it's going to be 0-0 the last two minutes, and the game will drag on with injury time <laughs> and it, it, all that stuff. And uh, Puerto Rico won nothing. Ooh. Oh, you think they're going to win? I'm going Puerto Rico, man. There you go. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, sure. Do it. Sure. Fair <laughs> enough. So those are our predictions for the weekend that's going to be. Yeah. Or, or, oh, I didn't see the last game. Or, sorry. Or, sorry. Or, or the last two games, D Dub. Okay. Hang on a sec. Let me have another right. sip of this stuff here. Yeah. So what's the next game? The, uh, the grapefruit beer <laughs> at the first there. round downtown is quite uh, powerful, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Look, it's blocking up the screen here. Okay. Tampa Bay is hosting Jacksonville. Tampa Bay, Jacksonville. I'm going with Tampa Bay all the way. Okay. 2-0. 2-0 Tampa Bay, okay. 2-0 Tampa. Uh, I don't think um, I don't think Jacksonville's going to have enough. I, I think Tampa is going to be a, a team to contend with in this yeah. uh, in, in the next fall season here. Uh, did you say 2-0? 2-0, yeah. Yeah, uh, that sounds like a good result to me. I'll go 2-0 as well for me. 
And you said Tampa, right? I said Tampa. And yeah. I'm saying Tampa, just to be clear. 2 0. Same. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville, coached by a keeper, and their team gives up a ton of goals. So yeah. well done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well done, Tony. <laughs> yeah, with, with, so, with no license, by the way. Oh, doesn't he? No coaching that is, license. I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Just well done. Yeah, so I'm glad they're struggling. Thanks, Tony. Um, yeah, glad they're struggling. Hope you're listening. Uh, Tampa, 3 0. 3 0. Wow. Yeah, give him that extra. How, how, many, how many goals is Joe Cole yeah. going to get? All three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great signing, oh, by the way. George Great signing. Stuff is, is, is really uh, doing well. He's quality yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, they've got quality players. I think they're really well coached. I, the coach is a yeah. great guy. Yeah. One of the, for me, one of the, the classier coaches in the league. Sure. So uh, a little classier than the one down in Oklahoma. We're going to play, but that's just here and over there. <laughs> so the last game then is Mini and Carolina. Carolina. Where is that one? Uh, in Mini. In Mini. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mini. And what's your score? Uh, one nil. <laughs> I, I think uh, Carolina is gonna crash and burn. I think they're. Wow. Done. I honestly think they're done. I, yeah. I, I, I just don't see anything out of that club that impresses me. Uh, sorry, Colin Clark. I know you've been around for a long time, and I hope you are along, uh, around for a long more time. That was terrible, but I got to go with Mini in this one. They have aspirations uh, for MLS. They got to turn their season around, and it starts now. Give me Mini 2 0. 2 0 Mini. And the phone's ringing off the hook here at the restaurant. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, that. it's a busy <laughs> place. <laughs> Jay Ball, can I take your order, please? <laughs> uh, one nothing. Minnesota. One nothing, Jay. Okay, I'm going to go. This will be my big score. I mean, I've gotten a couple of three nils already. Those are big scores. Uh, and those are big scores. But this game is going to be for the exact same stuff you said, Jay. Um, this is going to be four nil mini. You think they're really wow. going to come I out think the they're going to come out flying. They have to, don't the they? The Wee Man needs some results here because yeah, the team is going MLS. Sure he does. They've underachieved, so the Wee Man's under some pressure. Yep. Uh, great guy as well. Absolutely. And uh, they've got so much quality. Who's and at some point, this team needs to, needs to get it together. So this will be the game. Now, you just said the team's got quality. Who starts in goal? What's that? Ah, yeah, that's a good point, you know Dub. Because I think the one problem they've had is that no Jack, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Ganaki. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> he is shaky. He, he's a, he's he is a shaky goalkeeper from distribution to mishandling the ball. And if you're listening right now, you're a nice guy, <laughs> and we do like you. And we do like you. However. And the phone is open, man. <laughs> he was yeah. was he not the keeper here in town that yes. supporters gave the yes. hard time to? Yeah. Yes. At the end of the game. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that poor. His guy. theme song is "Every Day I'm Struggling." That's <laughs> <laughs> That's they just gave it to him. Oh. At the end of the, at well, the end and of he's the given a few games yeah, to yeah. the oppos- opposing yeah. teams. He's yeah, yeah. had some. Yeah, oh, he's thrown he's, he's thrown some in for sure. He's, yeah. he's like most Scottish goalkeepers. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. I'm a goalkeeper coach. I love keepers. We, we can't pick on Scotland right now. It's way too easy. <laughs> During a European competition, it's way too easy. Yeah, it, it is for sure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I want to thank Andreas Morris. Always my pleasure, d Jay Ball, thanks for being here, thank the general manager. Thank you for having me, too. Oh, not a problem. And uh, JP, D-dub. always a pleasure. Pleasure. And for D-Dub and uh, our man hiding in the corner, James Nielsen, yes, media guru, 
Uh, well, video guru, apparently. He, he, his, his photo taking He's actually said as much tonight as he said when he was a guest <laughs> on our podcast. I agree. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed his, he's wearing shorts, eh? Yeah. And, uh, I try see, not to notice so those kind of things. <laughs> this is the effect of missing leg day in the gym. He does look like a little yeah, chicken yeah, 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 around, doesn't he? We kid the ones we love. Oh, well, I want to thank. Or tolerate. I want to thank everybody for coming down here tonight. I want to thank First Round for letting us use this unbelievable room to do the podcast. Uh, And for you people that are listening, give us feedback. Let us know what you think, what you'd like to hear. And uh, we'll try and make it happen here on the show. So for Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton, thanks for listening. Listening to Rabbit Radio, the official podcast of FC Edmonton.